Hello fellow humans, welcome to the 5th episode of the series How Have You Been? So far, I have released 5 episodes over the span of 5 months. Wow, I am lazy. But I am working on my accents and I have kept this episode short to make it more engaging. So for this 5th and special episode, I am going to talk about anxiety disorder and its coping methods. Okay, so what is anxiety? It is a common emotion associated with stressful situations to help us focus better. Like imagine you are sitting in an exam hall and the question papers are being given to students one by one and your stomach starts to churn. Your heart beats fast. You may sweat, but your body identifies this exam as something important and prepares you to focus better so you perform well on your exam but what if that is how you feel all day over every little thing then there are chances that it might be an anxiety disorder now that's a generic example but there are many types of anxiety disorders like OCD which we have already discussed phobias panic disorders and separation anxiety now what causes this as usual we don't know we are just gonna assume that it has something to do with genetics and environmental factors Hormonal imbalance also seems to be a culprit and that's why women are more prone to this because women's hormones fluctuate all month. But I'd always bet on childhood traumas because that's the root of everything that's messed up almost every single time. Let's see what are the symptoms of an anxiety disorder. The physical symptoms are having sweaty hands, heart beating faster than usual, feeling nauseated and having difficulty in breathing. Mentally the person will panic, feel afraid and uneasy. They may have frequent nightmares or flashbacks of traumatic experience and having intrusive thoughts rendering them unable to get adequate sleep. They may also end up involving in ritualistic behaviors as in OCD. There are coping methods people usually recommend like counting to 10, taking deep breaths, practicing yoga, eating healthy, etc. Not that these won't work, but these aren't easy. Your mind is not clear and you cannot take instructions so easily. So people actually end up doing these five things. Five relocating their mind into a different reality aka video games 
binge watching fictional shows, reading books, etc. The more complicated the plot is, the better. These distractions provide immediate and short-term relief from the stressful situation, but it only works the best if you know when to stop. Number 4. Sleeping a lot. It's almost like hibernation. It's a natural reaction from the body when it's being stressed out. The mind takes rest because it does not want to think about anything anymore. And when you wake up, you will feel good and confident to go sleep whatever is bothering you. Sleeping to rejuvenate yourself is actually very beneficial unless you have frequent nightmares. Number 3. Finding a new hobby. One for each meltdown. Again, a distraction which gives you short relief from the situation. You can get extremely creative and spend your time learning a new art form. But, but, I'd advise against jumping from one hobby to another. Stick to one until you get very, very good at it. Because being talented in something is a huge confidence booster that might help you in the long run. Number two, oversharing and then feeling exposed. This is like the worst hangover. You feel so down, you are breaking apart and you want to let out your feelings. But turns out if the situation and the people are wrong, it's actually a really bad idea. You will always end up wishing you hadn't done that. Keep your feelings in check. Let out some feelings once in a while. Be happy, be sad. Don't bottle up all those emotions and let it burst in the worst moment possible. Number one, crying. This is the natural reflex that we have somehow managed to destroy as we became older. You ever see a kid who would cry and scream and fight one minute and the next second they'd be giggling again, like nothing even happened. We cry because our brain knows we need external help. When a little girl falls down and hurts her knee, she cries because of the pain. That releases the hormone helping the little girl relax and also to help with the pain. Bonus, her parents come running in to check what's wrong and give her a hug and reassures that she will be fine. She feels confident that the pain is going to go away and believe that she is strong enough to face it. There is a huge complex mechanism behind this whole thing and we chose to ruin it by two damn phrases. Men don't cry and women always cry. So men never cry and let their feelings out and women seem to cry a lot making their, making their feelings invalid. I think it's time to normalize crying. Don't teach your children that crying is for weaklings. It's not. Just teach them to let their feelings out in a healthy way, to cry and confide in safe spaces, to only cry in front of trustworthy people so no one will take, care, take advantage when they are most vulnerable. And that would work for both genders. So what do I recommend? You can go check out on my Instagram page my most recent post and stay tuned for my next episode because we'll be talking about that in detail thank you for listening stay tuned for the next episode bye bye